Welcome or welcome back to the Bridge Churches podcast, where we are committed to building irresistible bridges between the unchurched and Jesus Christ. We are so glad that you're here, and wherever you're listening from, we hope the following message inspires you to take your next step in your faith journey. Enjoy. All right. Well, today we're beginning, as Chris said, a brand new series. going to take us for the next four weeks. It's called Climate Change. Right from the very beginning, I want to take a few moments, if I could, and just talk about what in the world this series is and what it's all about, why we would do this at all, and what do we mean by climate change? Because clearly we're not talking about the weather outside, though... Let's be honest, that's worth talking about, isn't it? Hasn't February been ridiculous? Like one day you're wearing t-shirts and shorts and the next day it's like something, the hot place is frozen over, if you know what I'm talking about, right? It just, it's just such a weird deal. But we're not talking about that clearly. We're talking about something else. And I just want to take a few moments and share what that is so that hopefully you'll lean in as opposed to looking at your phone or maybe going to sleep or for those of you at home, maybe logging off. So uh, recently, I don't know how long ago it was, but fairly recently, I listened to a podcast where a successful businessman was talking about one of the things that propelled him to his success. And as he was talking about this, the thing that he referred to was something that's called a 360. Uh, Some of you in in the business world, maybe you've heard about this, maybe you've even done this yourself before. Uh, For those of you who don't know what I'm talking about, I didn't know, but basically a 360 is a survey that goes out to people that you work with. And basically, essentially it's asking or at least answering the question, what is it like uh, to work with this person? That's kind of the question. And so this businessman, he talked about this in a podcast, how he sent an email out to a number of his coworkers with a list of questions. and, And basically he was asking the question, what is it like to work with me? And so he didn't say how long after this it was, but short while after he came into his office one day and on his desk was an envelope and he sat down and he opened it up and it was this report and he started working through it. And as he talked about it, in his own words, he said, I was devastated. Like I had no idea. I was surprised. I was hurt. I was angry. I was defensive. Sure, there was some, you know, encouraging information in there. But for the most part, I was blindsided. I didn't see any of this coming. And so he's sitting there at his desk and he's looking through this report. And he said he looked up and saw one of his good friends who worked in HR standing in his doorway. And so he kind of invited him in. The guy came in and he sat down. He said, listen, I just want to talk to you about this report. And what I want you to know is that the information in this report is neutral, to which the businessman said, it doesn't feel neutral. It doesn't feel neutral at all. And and his friend in HR said, what I mean by that is this, that how you activate this information, how you act upon this information will determine how it lives out. For right now, in this moment, it's neutral. That if you respond to the information in, in this report, if you see it as negative, as an affront, as an attack, you will activate that information to be a curse. But if you view the information we're trying to give you in this report as an opportunity to listen, to learn, to grow, you will activate that information to be a blessing, a blessing to you and a blessing to the people that you work with. The choice is yours. And this businessman went on to say in this podcast, he said, anything I've accomplished in my career, any success that I have achieved is directly linked to a decision that I made years ago to be open and to listen to the feedback from the people who are in my life. Now, the reason I tell you that story, this story is incredibly significant for you and this story is very, 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 very important to the people in your life, okay? Because 
This is so important. This is so, this story is so important because you and I, the thing that we have in common, the thing that we all share, regardless of how old you are, how young you are, what you do or don't believe, one of the things that we share and have in common is that we all have a collection of relationships, right? We all have a collection of relationships. And here's what's true of you. Within those relationships, that collection of relationships, within all of your relationships, there is a climate Okay? There is a climate associated to every single one of those relationships. There is a climate associated to every single one of your relationships. There is a current climate associated to your marriage, right? There is a current climate. If you're dating, there is a current climate associated to your dating relationship. There is a current climate associated to all your family relationships that you have. There is a current climate associated to your relationship with your boss and the people that you work with. There is a current climate associated to your relationship with your mother. And certainly, there is a current climate associated to your relationship with your mother-in-law, right? Yeah, some of you needed to come to church just to figure that out. Okay, and then maybe that's why you're here in church. You're like, man, I need help. Listen, there is a current climate associated to every single one of your relationships. And this is so important because there is a principle at work here. And the principle is this, the climate in your relationships, the climate dictates the forecast. For example, if I were to show you a marriage, okay, that, that is uh, marked by a climate that is cold, bitter, angry, and hostile, you could predict with amazing accuracy the short-term, if not the long-term forecast of that marriage, right? Why is that? For two quick reasons. One, you're very smart. And two, you know, whether you've thought about it in these terms or not, you know that the climate dictates the forecast. And, and isn't it true for most of us, if not all of us. Isn't it true that there's at least one relationship if you're in your life, if not more? Isn't it true that you have at least one relationship that is in need of a climate change? That's why we're doing this series. That's what we're talking about in this series. And if I could just go a little bit deeper, if I could push just a little bit further and a little bit harder, not only do you have a collection of relationships and not only is there a climate associated to every single one of those relationships, what's also true about you is that you have a climate, right? You know that, right? That you have a climate and that climate goes with you wherever you go. It came with you here this morning. For those of you that are watching online, it's with you right now, wherever you are and whenever this is for you, no matter who you're with, you have a climate and it goes with you wherever you go. It goes with you to school, Right? It goes with you to work. It arrives with you when you arrive home at the end of the day. It's with you when you go to your practice with your team. It's with you when you hang out with your friends. It's with you when you connect with your circle at the church. It's, when, it's with you when you serve alongside other people in the church. You have, I have, we all have a climate and it goes with us wherever we go. And this is so important. Please don't miss this. This is so important. You and I cannot see our climate in the mirror because we are not on the other side of us. And that's what this businessman discovered when he opened up that report that talked about his climate at work. He said, I had no idea this is what it was like to work with me. And that's why we're doing this series. That's why this series is so important. And that's why as we kick off this series, and for those of you watching or listening at home, this is going to be a little bit different for you how this plays out. But after you leave, for those of you with me right now, for those of you when you leave today and you walk out into the lobby, you're going to see a bank of computers. 
And what we want you to do before you leave today is we want you to input 10 email addresses into that computer. Okay, and these you pick who, the people you want it to be. Okay, it can be friends, it can be coworkers, people in family. You choose who it is, but we want you to input ten email addresses and then your email address for a total of. 11, good, okay, so you're still with me. Okay, so 10 plus one, and here's what we're gonna do. Um, we're gonna send, first thing tomorrow, we're gonna send an email to all 10 of those people who you've given us their email address, and we're gonna ask them what it's like to be in your life, okay? And then what we're gonna do, this is, hang with me, what we're gonna do this week, they're gonna send that information back to us, and we have a team of people, and we're gonna for, you know, tabulate it and formulate it, we're gonna put it all together, and by this time next week, we are gonna send you an email telling you what the people in your life really think about you. I thought you'd be way more excited about that than this. I, re- I thought you were gonna be like, yeah, let's go do this. You know, let's get out of here and let's go, f-, right? Uh, some of you look re- like a deer in headlights right now. Some of you are like, uh, like I, some of you guys especially, like I ain't giving you 10 email addresses. I'm telling you that, right? And I get that. That's why I'm just kidding. We're not really gonna do that. Um, that was a joke. It was a bad joke, but, but it was a joke. But, 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 but here's the point. Listen, no, just relax. Some of you still look really nervous. Just, we're not doing that, okay? And Angela on our staff team is going, like she was freaking out. She's like, you didn't tell me we were doing, she's looking around for computers somewhere right now. No, listen, we're not going to do that. No, we're not going to do that. But please don't miss this. Just because we are not going to send out an email to 10 people in your life asking them what it's like to be in your life, don't miss this. No, we're not going to do that. But that does not mean that information isn't out there. It's out there, I promise you, trust me, it's out there. But what you and I have decided not to do, we have decided not to look at it. And you know what that's like? That's like a credit card statement coming to your house and you not even opening it and throwing it in the trash thinking, if I don't look at it, my finances are good. Now, that doesn't even make sense, does it, right? That is not a sign of maturity. In fact, we would say that's a sign of foolishness. The same thing is true here. We, you, I, we have a climate and that climate follows us wherever we go and you can't see it. But just because you can't see it doesn't mean it's not there. And the business community understands this. In the last number of years, there's been extensive, exhaustive research about this. And there have been so many seminars and conferences and podcasts and all these books that people have written. And I've read a number of them. And those books tell me what you already know. So I'm just going to kind of break it down and save you some time because you already know this. You're smart people. You know this. Listen, you show me a leader, a boss, a manager, or an employee, right? Like you, you get this. You've lived this. If you show me a leader, boss, manager, or employee that, 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 can, that can, you know, look at, at, at things and make sense of things. You show me a boss who can, you know, is really, you know, business-minded and can look at a spreadsheet and see trends. You show me a leader who can stand up and give a compelling talk. All that's great. All that's important. But you show me a leader, a boss, a manager, or an employee who cannot read and respond to the emotional and relational climate in the workplace and has no idea what he or she brings into the workplace from an emotional emotional and relational standpoint, I'll show you a leader, a boss, a manager, or employee who has capped his or her influence in that organization. And some of you, you've lived this, you live in the work world and you understand, you've seen this, right? Some of you have worked with people like this over the years, haven't you? Some of you are going to see those people tomorrow morning, aren't you? Right? See, the scary thing is these people can't see it, can they? 
Everybody in the meeting can see it. Everybody in the office can see it, but they cannot see that they have capped their influence and that's scary for them. But what's even scarier is this. What if that person is me? What if that person is you? And you say, well, it's not me. How do you know? You can't know. So suddenly this idea of there being a bunch of computers in the lobby, suddenly that's not such a bad idea, is it? See, you have a climate and every single one of your relationships has a climate and the climate dictates the forecast. And that's what we're talking about in this series. And that's why I'm so thankful that you're here. Now, again, we're talking about this for the next four weeks. The business community understands this. They've talked about this extensively. But the funny thing is, this isn't new. Some of you are going, I've, I know this, I've, I've seen this. And the amazing thing is our heavenly father has been talking about this for centuries. And that's why as the foundation of this series, that's why I wanna take you to the first time in recorded history that God addresses this issue. And, and as he does, he gives a very strong warning to you and to me as it relates to the relationships in our lives. But understand this, before we get to the scriptures, understand this, until the climate changes, the forecast remains the same. Until the climate of your relationships, no matter the relationship, until the climate in your relationship changes, until your climate changes, until mine changes, the forecast will remain the same. And that's again why I want to show you the first time in recorded history that God mentions this. And as we look at this, we're going to look at a family relationship, specifically the relationship between two brothers, two famous brothers. Their names, you may have heard of them, Cain and Abel. Many of you have heard that story. We're going to look at it today and we're going to see the emotional and the relational dynamic at work here. And it's going to lead us into a challenge that I want to extend to you and I've given to myself that I hope that you will take me up on for the next seven days. But to start, we're going to jump into Genesis chapter four. This is the story of Cain and Abel. And here's what it says. Now, Abel kept flocks and Cain worked the soil. So Abel, he is a shepherd, and Cain was a farmer. Two brothers who went in two different career paths, both the sons of Adam and Eve, okay? So we've got these two brothers, and the story goes on to tell us that in the course of time, we don't know when, how old they were or anything like that, but in the course of time, Cain brought some of the fruits of the soil as an offering to the Lord. So Cain, uh, he grew up like his brother. They grew up in a context where they understood that they were to bring a portion of what they harvested or, or what they had. They were to bring a portion of that back to God as an offering, an offering, an acknowledgement that God owned everything under the sun, but that they had been invited to steward it. And so from time to time, they would bring a portion of that back to acknowledge God for who he was and what he was and what he owned for them to acknowledge their role. And this was an act of worship, okay? This was their way of, 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 of reflecting their dependence on God and their acknowledgement that it ultimately all belonged to him. And you and I have been invited to do the same thing. In fact, we do this week after week. We invite you to say, hey, I'm gonna bring a portion of my income back to the Lord through the local church as a declaration, as an act of worship, symbolizing that ultimately it's all his, and I'm bringing a portion of that back to acknowledge that as an act of worship. We don't do that just to pay the bills. We don't do that just so that you can get a tax receipt at the end of every year, though those are perks. We do that because it's ultimately an act of worship, symbolizing and reflecting our dependence on him and our acknowledgement that ultimately everything that we have, even the things that we think we've earned, are ultimately his. 
And so this is this system, this is this understanding and awareness that Cain is operating under, and he brings a portion of what he has harvested back. Now, Abel, on the other hand, Abel also brought an offering, but listen to the contrast and the wording that's represented here. He brought an offering, fat portions, not just some. He brought fat portions, choice portions from some of the firstborn of his flock. Cain just brought a little bit of whatever he had, whatever he had harvested. Abel, on the other hand, brought fat choice portions back. There's a, there's a contrast. There's a difference between the kind of offerings they brought back. And the Lord... The story tells us, look with favor on Abel and his offering, but on Cain and his offering, he did not look with favor. And so, so we have this story of two brothers. They have different careers, but they have brought two sets of offerings. One is accepted, one is rejected, and the one that is rejected is Cain's, and this is Cain's response. And as we see his response, we're gonna see the emotional and the relational climate that's swirling in him and around him. Cain was very angry and his face was downcast. Cain was very, very angry and his face was downcast. Okay, so the emotional and relational climate on display in Cain here is one of anger and his face was visibly downcast. Have you ever heard the term they wear their emotions on their sleeve? This is Cain in this moment. It's all over him. It's written all over his face that he's angry. He's downcast. And so the Lord goes to work in verse six. Watch this. The Lord said to Cain, why? Why are you angry? Why is your face downcast? God comes to Cain and he says, can I reflect something back to you? Cain, I don't know if you can see this, but you are really, really angry and your face is very downcast. This is like um, what a friend does for me on occasion. (laughs) We'll be... We'll be sitting down for coffee and we'll be sitting there talking. He'll say, "Um, can I reflect something back to you? Like, Scott, I don't know if you're aware, and this is basically his way of saying, Scott, I'm about to hurt your feelings, right? Because there's something about you or in you that you can't see in yourself. And I just, as your friend, want to bring it to your attention. And this is exactly what God is doing here for Cain. He's like, Cain, can you see how angry you are? Cain, can you, you can't see your face, but I'm telling you, your face is really, really downcast. And I just want to know why, why are you so angry? Why are you so downcast? Because if you do what is right, he goes on to say, if you do what is right, if you do what is right relationally, see, this isn't about the offering. This wasn't about how much money it was or any of these things. This was about the relationship between God and Cain, that that this offering was actually just a, a way that their relationship was kept in right standing. Okay. So he says, if you do what is right, will you not be accepted? If you do what is right relationally between us, won't we be good? Won't everything be right? But if you do not do what is right, if you don't do what is right or required for us to have a right relationship, sin is crouching at your door. Meaning if you don't do what is right relationally, it opens the door. There is something at the door and what is at the door, it desires to have you. It desires to have you, but you must rule over it. What is he talking about? What is he saying? He's saying, listen, this is so amazing. This is such a gift from our heavenly father to Cain. And I believe it's such a gift from our heavenly father to you and and to me. He's basically saying, Cain, listen, if you don't master your emotions, your emotions will master you. 
That, that if you don't do what's right relationally between us, it's gonna create emotion in you. It's gonna create this response and clearly it already has. You are angry, you are downcast and you know this. When things aren't right relationally between you and your spouse, you and your boyfriend, your girlfriend, you and your kids, you and a coworker, you and a friend, when something isn't right, it, it, it brings up all these emotions and they're swirling around you. They're right at the door and those emotions wanna have you. And he says, if you don't master your emotions, your emotions will master you. If you don't get a hold of this son, God would say to Cain, it's going to lead you somewhere destructive. Basically, what God is saying to Cain is, he says, I want you to be aware of your emotions, but I don't want you to become your emotions. I want you to be aware of your emotions, but I don't want you to become your emotions. This is such a gift from God to Cain. Now, watch this. This is Cain's response to God is fascinating. This is so amazing. Watch this. Now, Cain said to his brother Abel, let's go. Did you catch that? Cain is so angry. Cain is so downcast. He doesn't even respond to God. Doesn't even acknowledge what he said or what he's tried to reflect back to him. Cain said to his brother Abel, let's go out to the field. And while they were in the field, Cain, you know the story, many of you, Cain attacked his brother Abel and killed him. He attacked his own brother and killed him. God tried to warn him. God said, if you don't master your emotions. Your emotions will master you. It will take you somewhere destructive. And Cain went out and killed his own brother. See, he became his emotions and his emotions influenced his decisions and impacted his actions. And let me ask you, How many times have you seen that play out in the lives of people you know, the people you care about, maybe even the people that you love, maybe even the people you're sitting next to right now? Through a series of events, they've eventually become their emotion, which has impacted and affected their decisions, which impacted and affected their actions. You've seen it, right? Well, let me ask you, how many people do you know How many people do you care about? How many people do you love who have seen you become your emotions, which influenced and affected your decisions, which influenced and affected your actions? That's what happened to Cain. God was trying to reveal it to him and reflect it back to him to protect him. But Cain was unwilling to acknowledge it. And as a result, he killed his own brother. And see, that's why so many marriages struggle. So many marriages struggle because eventually over time, because they do not become aware or they are not willing to be aware of the emotions within the marriage in time, in effect, the marriage becomes the emotion. And that's very destructive. That's why so many work environments are so dysfunctional and toxic because over time, the employees within the workplace become the emotions of the workplace. And again, it's very destructive and God understands this. So he says to Cain and he says to you and he says to me, listen, I want you to be aware of your emotions without becoming your emotions because when you become your emotion, 
It's very, very, very destructive. Now, I'm not saying, and I, I, want, I want to be clear, I, I understand this is an extreme story. And I'm not saying and suggesting that any one of us is going to log off after the service or leave this place today and go out and kill somebody, okay? That's not what, what I'm saying. We're not going there. But what I am suggesting is that emotions can and do kill relationships, right? Emotions, they can and they do kill relationships. They can kill relationships or they can heal relationships. The choice is yours. And Cain missed that. So the Lord came to Cain and he said, where is your brother Abel? As if he didn't know. Where is your brother Abel? It's the same thing that he said to Adam and Eve in the garden. Where are you? As if he didn't know. But he's asking him a question and listen to Cain's response. It's a response, whether you've heard this story or not, his response has reverberated throughout history, right? I don't know. Am I my brother's keeper? I don't know about you. I couldn't talk to God like that. <laughs> Am I my brother's keeper? Cain became his emotion, which impacted and affected his decisions, which impacted and affected his actions, and it affected his other relationships. All of a sudden, Cain and God are far apart. And the story goes on, but for now, we're going to leave it there. And I just want to, God brought this, was trying to bring this to Cain's attention, not to condemn him, but to help him to help him see who he was because he was not able to see who he was becoming because he could not see on the other side of him. And that's why we're talking about this. That's why God talked to Cain about it. And that's why we're gonna talk about it for the next few weeks. That's why I think this series is so important and is so relevant for you, regardless of how old you are or how young you are, how much you think that you know. This is so important for you. And we're going to talk about it for the next few weeks. And I hope that you'll be back. But this leads us into the challenge that I mentioned earlier that I want to extend to you today. The challenge that I hope that you will take me up on for the next seven days. And I need you to know that this challenge is not going to cost you anything. But I assure you, this challenge is going to require a great deal of courage from you. This challenge is going to require a level of humility in you that I'm not sure you think that you have. But what I want to do, I believe, I believe this challenge, I believe in it so strongly, I believe that you, if you will take me up on this challenge, I believe with all of my heart that this could be the beginning of a breakthrough in a relationship in your life that desperately needs a climate change. So the challenge is this. I, I want to invite you. No, nah, I don't even want to invite you. I want to challenge you over the next seven days I want to challenge you to ask one question of three different people in your life. I want to challenge you to, to and, and you pick who they are, right? You, you, you pick who, but pick people who will tell you what you need to know, not what you want to hear, right? There's a difference. But I want you to think, who, it could be a family member, it could be your spouse, it could be, you know, your kids, it could be your grandkids, I don't know, it could be a, a friend, whoever it is, ask me. No, don't do that. Um, get all you people out. <laughs> I can't tell you what I, no. So, I want you to sit down with these people and I want you to get a notepad or get the notes app on your phone or you can send them an email, but I would encourage you to try to do it in person if you can. It's so much better. And I want to I 
challenge you to have the courage and I wanna challenge you to open yourself up with humility to hear when the people you sit with and the people you talk to have the humility to listen after you ask them this question, what is it like to be on the other side of me? What is it like? Ask them. Can I ask you a question? Be honest with me. I, I really want to know. What is it like to be on the other side of me? Because you know what? I've never been there. Can you please tell me what it's like to be on the other side of me? Because listen, we don't know what it's like to be married to us. We don't know what it's like to date us. We, we, we don't know what it's like to be our mother or, or our father. We don't know what it's like to be our son or our daughter. We don't know what it's like to be our teammate, our coworker, our boss, our employee, our, our friend. We don't know what that's like. Can you please tell me? I really want to know. I need to know. Be honest. What is it like to be on the other side of me? This is a powerful, powerful question. It's not an easy question, but it's a powerful question. And I believe with all my heart that it could lead to a breakthrough in your life, relationally, in a relationship that desperately needs a climate change. And I'm just going to tell you real quick before you go, uh, I'm going to tell you if you're courageous enough, if you're humble enough to ask that question this week of three different people in your life, I'm just going to be up front and tell you right now what you're going to hear. Okay. Uh, just, just, just to let it out there. Cause you know, I like you and we'll do that. What you're going to hear this week, you're going to hear three things from three different people. The first thing that you're going to hear is you're going to hear some encouraging information. You're going to get some encouragement, which is always nice, right? The second thing you're going to get is you're going to get some surprising information. You're going to hear some things and you'll be like, whoa, I, I had no idea. And the third thing that you're going to hear, you ready for this? Okay. Um, the third thing that you're going to hear, you're going to get your feelings hurt. No question about it. You're going to get your feelings. You know how I know that? Do you know how I can predict that with uncanny accuracy? Do you know how I know? Because I've asked this question of multiple people multiple times. I'm not going to ask you and encourage you and challenge you to do something I haven't or am not willing to do. I believe with all my heart, as it's been for me, that this question is an opportunity for you, the beginning for you to experience a breakthrough in your life. What is it like? I really want to know. I really need to know. What is it like to be on the other side of me? Now, before you go, um, ladies, and ladies at home, you, you can play along too, although it's weird when you talk to me on the TV, but, but play along. Ladies, I need to ask you a question, okay? And uh, because I need to talk to the guys in just a minute for a minute. So ladies, I want to ask you a question before we go. Um, would you agree, isn't this true, um, generally speaking, okay? Can I speak generally? Yeah, okay. Whew. Thank you. Generally speaking, when it comes to relationships, isn't this true, generally speaking, that women are more relationally minded than men? Isn't that true? Some of you were very quick to answer that. Thank you. That was, that was, really, that was really good. Now, it's not that men, it's not that we don't think that relationships are important. It's just that we don't necessarily see them as urgent. And, and the reason that I bring this up, this is really important for gentlemen, for us to acknowledge, because we all, okay, and again, I'm speaking generally, but what we all need to do, we all need to view relationships, our relationships, our collection of relationships, we all need to view those relationships with a sense of urgency. But for many men, you know what's urgent to us? The hockey game. 
You know what's urgent for us? I got to take that business trip. You know what's urgent for us? I got to make another sale. I got to close another deal. I got to make that appointment. I got to reach this benchmark. I got to make this quota. I got to do this. I got to do that. I got to get there. I got to get there. I got to have this. Got to be. That's what's urgent for us. But we need, especially us men, we need to view our relationships with a sense, a, a real sense of, of urgency. And I want to tell you why. I want to tell you why, gentlemen, I want you, like me, to begin. We haven't gotten this right necessarily. And again, I'm speaking generally. But in general terms, for all of us, we need to begin to view this question with a sense of urgency. Because I know for many, you would say, yeah, that, that, that's a good question. That's an important question. But I don't know that it's urgent. But listen, before you go, before you log off, I need you to know that this question, what is it like to be on the other side of me, isn't just important. It's urgent. The response to that question and what you do with that information, how you activate that information is incredibly, incredibly urgent. And I want to tell you why before you go. As as many of you know, a couple of weeks ago, I flew home to my hometown to participate and, and to, to grieve with my family and with friends and celebrate the life of my godmother. Her name was Marilyn, and Marilyn was a wonderful woman. Um, she was my godmother, and she was every bit of that. For those of you who know my mother, uh, my mother is a, an incredible woman. She's sitting right over there. And uh, I can't look at her right now. Um, but my mother and Marilyn had this beautiful relationship from, early, early, from an early, early age. And when I was born, my mother realized, I need help. And so I would assume that she sat down with Marilyn and said, will you please, please be Scott's godmother? And she must have had some community service hours she needed to get or something. So she said yes. And, uh, and so she was always, I, I can't remember a time in my life where Marilyn wasn't present. Both my mom and Marilyn spanked me. Um, if you know my mom, anyway, I don't know how, who did it more, but I just know that they both did. And so I went home for this service and, and I was honored to be able to participate in it. And... Um, I realized in that moment that in the blink of an eye, a life can be lost. And in the blink of an eye, lives can be altered forever. I stood with Marilyn's husband, Kevin. His life in the instant was changed forever. His daughter's lives changed forever. Little children who I pray will remember how amazing their grandmother was. A life can be lost and lives can be altered. And some of, you, some of you know what it's like to sit next to a doctor and hear those three sobering words, you have cancer. And you know what happens? You know what happens? Suddenly what's really, really, you know what happens? Suddenly what's really, really, really important suddenly is not just important. Suddenly it's urgent, right? Some of you have loved ones 
Some of you have friendships. Some of you have watched people and are currently watching people go through unbelievable grief. You find loved ones, people you care about deeply who are going through just unbelievable tragedy. And in those moments, what's really, really, really important is no longer just important. It's incredibly urgent because we see life for what it is. A vapor. Listen, you can be the top salesman in your field. You can conquer the world. You can leave a dent in the universe. But inevitably, eventually, ultimately, what is going to surface because everything else will fall away. What will surface are relationships. Your relationship to God and your relationship with other people. And listen, I'm not trying to scare you. I'm not trying to frighten you. I'm not trying to be a downer. I'm not trying to get you to cancel that business trip. I'm not trying to be over dramatic. I'm just trying to help you see that there is a biblical principle that your heavenly father wants you to embrace. And it is this, teach us. Teach us, teach us, oh Lord. Teach us to number our days so that we might gain a heart of wisdom. Teach us. God, teach me to number my days so that I might gain a heart of wisdom. Do you, do you know why many of you don't think that question What's it like to be on this other side of me? Do you know why many of you don't see that as urgent? Because you think you have more time than you really do. You think you got all the time in the world, but inevitably, eventually, what comes to the surface is relationships. This question, what is it like to be on the other side of me? This question is urgent. It is urgent. And when you begin, do you know what happens when you begin to see life for what it is, a vapor? Do you know what happens when you begin to number your days? You begin to prioritize relationships as the most urgent thing in your life. And you are displaying a heart of wisdom because you recognize for all of us, for all of us, our days are numbered so. We're going to continue to talk about this for the next few weeks because this is what matters most. You can, you can gain the whole world and miss out on what's most important. And your heavenly father didn't want that for Cain and he most certainly does not want that for you. So be courageous and humble enough to ask at least three people in your life, what is it like to be on the other side? of me. Let me pray for you. Heavenly Father, I want to thank you for the honor and privilege you've given me to be able to speak in these moments to these incredible people. And Father, I know that every single one of them, you are speaking to them in a way and in, in the ways in which they need to hear these things today. And it's different for all of us, but I pray, oh God, that in somehow, some way, that all of us would leave this place or close our computers today with a sense of urgency to be humble enough and courageous enough to ask this question so that we might gain a heart of wisdom as to how to navigate and live out these relationships that ultimately we will discover are the things that matter most to us. God, I pray that you would give us the courage and the strength this week to do what is right 
even if it's scary or even though it might be hard, I pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. If you have any questions, you're looking for ways to take your next step, please visit us on our website, bridgechurches.ca. Much love. God bless.